Welcome to a truly horrific edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good pal, your good buddy, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who's the embodiment of every B-grade sci-fi villain you've ever seen. I give you the diabolical Brent. Brains. That's... I want a host with brains. Yeah, <laughs> take off. I see where you're going there, smart guy. Brent, last and we're going to sp- body the heck out of this show. I'm, yeah. I'm ready for it. Yeah, yeah, I understand. We Last week, the Brent, we spread the wheel. We made the deal. But before we get to the exciting deal we made, we had a little uh, happening over in the archives, but the back catalog of ARG Presents. The extensive back catalog. It is extensive. amazing episodes we should all go and enjoy. That's right. The very same. Uh, Brent, if you'll recall, in, way back in episode 109, uh, we took a look at a machine that we both stupidly thought was from France, the Auric Atmos. Do you remember the Auric uh, episode? Absolutely. Uh, we played a game. Uh, we, I picked a game called Lone Raider, but the Brent stunk. Picked, it wasn't that bad. The that Brent picked hard. a game called Damsel in Distress, a very yes. odd, unique also too hard. game, but very hard game. And we noticed this week, we got a nice message from one of the fellows that worked on that game, Marcel Van Dreyer, who uh, uh, chimed in to give us some kudos. He mentioned uh, some some interesting stuff about the game, including that all the all the titles. And song and so, uh, all the titles are song titles or puns of song titles in the game. If, if you'll recall, there were the some, little room names. Yeah. yeah. He also mentioned that yes, in fact, his father uh, did in fact do all the, p- the play testing on this game, and he says his father is still the ultimate end boss, which I, <laughs> which was great. He also mentions that uh, the fellow that did the, the programming was named Herman uh, Zwag. Uh, he also did the music, and since he couldn't read notes, he copied the songs by ear and programmed them in himself. Very yes. fascinating, the Brent. I and really for those love that, it. that don't remember that episode, uh, what number was that, Aaron? Do you that have was a number? One oh nine. One oh nine. Yeah. Uh, the the main title of the song was a, a Depeche Mode song. <laughs> so it was a. Uh, uh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the song he did, and it's a really good rendition. Uh, it's worth checking out the uh, game just to hear that song. But then don't play the game because it's brutally hard. Well, you can play it. You can get crushed. And then you can understand how good a player that uh, uh, this fella's dad is, Marcel's dad. So thanks to him for chiming in. We always like to hear from people that worked on some of the stuff we covered because we cover some pretty obscure stuff. And it's probably not a lot of video floating around if we ever looking at it. So if you can endure, this is one of the first episodes we did uh, when the unpleasantness began. So we were still getting our feet wet with the old uh, remote camera. But uh, I think it's a fun episode. So that's 109, the uh, uh, Auric Atmos. Very fun episode. Now, with all that said, uh, we did spin the wheel. We did make the deal last week. And this week, the Brent will be playing, uh, as selected by the chat people, bam, it's going to be horror games, the Brent. Horror games. What do you think about the whole genre of horror games is this your cup of tea the brand nope nope not a fan of horror games the Me thing either. with horror games much like horror movies i love uh psychological type horror you know the the crap that makes you think or or is goes out of its way to try to kind of like confuse you those type of horror games yeah or horror uh movies and games big fan of right yeah i'm not a big fan of Jump scares, yeah. uh, especially in movies, because it's such a cop out. 
Uh, it's really hard to do jump scares in games properly, in my opinion, because uh, you I, you have a different focus when you play a game as opposed to watch something. Right. Uh, but, but uh, I'll have to say the later genre of horror, uh, your Resident Evils, your more recent Resident Evils, your Dead by Daylight, those types of things, I, I can get it. I can dig them. I, yeah. I can enjoy playing them, but also I, I don't like gross out crap. Uh, like the Saw movies, that kind of stuff. Not yeah. my thing. Torture porn. Not into it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of, it's funny. We're sort of uh, in line here. I never ever play scary games hardly. Uh, I will uh, say recently I've played more scary games than I've ever played. Uh, thanks to the team speaker regulars thirst for these games. We've been playing, we play Friday the 13th. Uh, we play uh, Dead by Daylight, and we've started playing this uh, f- uh, fan- Phantasma, whatever that one game is called. Yeah. Uh, the ghost hunting game. I can't ever get the name right. Phantasmagoria. So, Phantasmagoria, is that what it's called? I so, don't know. And it's not, but it's it's a, it's a game on Steam that we play where you ghost hunt, and I get killed all the time. But I don't like, I'm one of these kind of, I guess, weenie boys that doesn't like to be scared. It's funny because I love H.P. Lovecraft, so go figure. I'll, I'll read his stuff, and I do like games of sort of that genre, that kind of like that classic gothic sort of horror. But when it comes to, like, gross stuff, I'm not into it. Like, even stuff like the new Mortal Kombat's just got stupid. <laughs> where you're, It shows the internal organs exploding and boiling. I don't care about that crap. It was much funner for me when he would just, like, chop a guy's head off. I can get, it, I can get behind that. Well, I... I mean the game, the the Mortal Kombat it had to evolve right it had to go somewhere so it either had to go super realistic or super over the top and, and they took the realistic route I, I don't fault them for it I'm not a huge fan of it either but yeah. it it doesn't make me enjoy the game less now are there you mentioned the Resident Evil games and which yeah. I'm sure they'll come up more uh, later on but. That's a genre, the early ones, I just can't get into because they control so terribly. I, I don't like the control scheme, and the ca- and that the, the, that the set camera angle is tough to deal with. I've never, I never got into them, but I do appreciate what they were trying to do, but they're really cheesy, too. Uh, but well, they, do, they do get you occasionally. You know, they the, will scare you, but they, they're the also really cheesy. The set camera angle is, is uh, uh, its biggest strength, really, because when it forces you to look at or experience the way it wants you to experience, they can set up a much more uh, scary environment. So yeah. I, I get it. Plus, I mean, they were using the whole the CGI pre-rendered stuff, which was interesting at the time. Uh, I mean, it still has its place. It, it, it's okay. Yeah, I'm not I, a huge Resident Evil fan, uh, uh, but I don't. The controls and stuff don't bother me. It, some of the other features in the game, I'm not a big fan of. Did you Did you ever play uh, any of the Alone in the Dark games? Is that one that you no. touched? But that that game, the original. I mean, outside of for the show, the original game was quite a game. Yeah, we did touch on this one. I believe we played it on the. Uh, gotcha. We played it on the FM Towns Marty. Yes. I believe what we played it on of all things. And let me tell you something. <laughs> that was a scary episode, but not for yeah. the right reason. It's scary to scary to emulate. Uh, but uh, I, I like that sort of game. They were just—it was, you know—it was back when they were still getting their feet wet, you know, in terms of what you were what you were going to do uh, with how how that genre was going to work. What about the Silent Hill stuff? Did you ever get into any of that stuff? 
No, no. I and it. I have interest in the Silent Hill series, not so much anymore. Cause yeah. From my understanding, is they killed it. Although I, they also made it into a pachinko machine. So there you go. Hey. Um. Yeah, it's always been my money. If if I was going to play a horror game, it, it would be the Call of Cthulhu types. Yeah. Uh, even Vampire, you can kind of say, was in the horror genre. Uh, that sort, sort of thing's of. more my bag. A more yeah. story-driven horror game. Yeah, so I, I think we're... It's funny how we're both we're both sort of coming out of this with the same uh, thoughts on it. You know, when the uh, chat picked horror this week, I really had no idea uh, where I was going to go, but you sort of knew right away what you had in mind, didn't you? I mean, you, you, were, you were pretty set uh, up early. Absolutely, because it was going to be the game I, I picked for the previous week as well. Yeah, uh, for the female protagonist. Yeah, but I can see fit. why you held off. Uh, because yeah. Well, no, I didn't know. I mean, I'm yeah. good, but I'm not that good. Yeah. Uh, no, I I just felt that uh, this game, although it does have a strong female protagonist that does an excellent job of holding the story together, she's she is the main character, but she shares the the limelight with you know eight other characters or whatever. I, I will say it's funny you should mention that because the game I chose, I also stumbled across during the female protagonist episode, although I had some prior knowledge of the game. But it's funny that that, that female protagonist episode we did, uh, what I had to do a lot of research uh, to try to find something I thought would, I, I thought was okay, it would go, you know. And, uh, I mean, I I kind of had what we, uh, Mirror's Edge in the back of my head, but th- when I was researching other stuff, th- that that's where I, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this game. Well, let's let's uh, stop the, the yakking and get right to the crack in here, Brent. Uh, we're going to go ahead and lead the dance uh, with your offering this week. What do you got for us uh, on Horror Games Week? Well, when you're playing horror games uh, and you're you're an old-timer like me, uh, there's only one choice, and that, of course, is Eternal Darkness, the GameCube exclusive. Holy cow, GameCube exclusive. Yeah. Now, let me tell you a few, th- Talk about a few tidbits yeah. about this game, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was not supposed to come out on the GameCube. This was supposed to come out on the uh, Nintendo Drive system. Uh, and Well, actually, the Nintendo 64 and then the Drive system. And then eventually they're like, yeah. the, uh, the, you talked the disk drive, the DD, yeah, the DD. <clears throat> that's right, yeah. And then uh, they finally said, you know what, this ain't working. We're just gonna pop this bad boy into the GameCube. You know, hold on a second before you keep going. You've got to give uh, these Silicon Knights credit. They thought to themselves, how can we get the least amount of people to look at this game? We'll make it an N64 system. No, no, screw that. We'll make it a DD exclusive. And then they had to settle on GameCube. So you got this this company was destined for destruction, Brent. Well, it, it, I don't think that's fair, but I understand what you're saying. And this was Nintendo's first ever published M-rated game. Mm, that's now amazing. Think about that. Yeah, that's so, that's astounding. They are really, I mean, I guess that's what you're saying is true because they're taking a a limited audience <clears throat> and then taking that core demographic of that limited audience and shoving them right out the door. Yeah. Kids game, no. M-rated, Eternal Darkness, GameCube exclusive. You know, I will say the big N probably had a, a, a thought in their head and the, and the thought was, listen, 
that we're the GameCube's not doing that great out here. It's not like we're not killing it. We're, and we, and they had a rep at that time, all the way to the N64 of being like they still had that kitty console rep, you know, despite the fact that there were some N64 games that weren't for kids. Uh, but they were probably like, you know, we need we need to diversify our library on this thing if we're going to be successful because they knew what they were up against. So I don't blame them for going after a game like this because the the system desperately needed games like this. They, you, they didn't have them. It never had them. So if good for, this you know, game would have went out and sold 10 million copies, I think we would have had a different Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But spoiler alert. It did not sell 10 million copies, nor did it sell a million copies. <laughs> like nope. the the numbers in Japan were like less than 18,000 copies. So not, not their this cup thing, of tea. Th- no, this thing just absolutely bombed in the marketplace. So released uh, June 24th, 2002 in North America and then later everywhere else. Uh, Eternal Darkness is the story uh, where you you play as a female protagonist who uh, is called to her grandfather's man- mansion and to identify his body because he has been killed, and he hasn't just been killed; he has been like brutally slaughtered, and it can't find his head. Yeah, <laughs> and his head is missing. That's correct. So she's like, "Well, this obviously sucks. Uh, I'm going to figure out what happened." And she starts kind of exploring around this guy's mansion. And she comes across a tome bound in skin. And she starts reading it. And it's the past history of these four monsters. And uh, I'm just going to give you the short, short version of, of what the game is about. You have a blue, green, and red monster. Uh their blue one is the kind of the magic of the universe. The red one is the life force of the universe. And the green one is the sanity of the universe. And they are in perfect balance. And as long as they are in perfect balance, then the fourth large monster, and I'm not even going to try to do these monsters' names. They're, they're crazy. Uh, they're the fourth monster grows more powerful and he's kind of like the balance of this universe of the universe and if one of the monsters gets more powerful and takes over it's going to destroy the universe that's all these things want to do is destroy the universe so uh she finds out that all these figures in history uh were protecting the balance of this universe using the the magic or the the uh uh essence of these monsters to kind of keep everything in check. So when the game starts out, you switch between different characters in different time eras uh and you play all these different roles of keeping your symbol safe, your color safe. And as you do this, the very first thing you do is you choose what symbol, what color you what god basically you are going to root for to kind of uh uh push to the forefront where you are uh helping them kind of take control because you think if you do this then you will actually be able to control the monster and the monster the god basically will bring more balance to the universe 
because you're naive. You think that one is better than the other. When I, in actuality, they're all uber evil. So you play through all these different scenarios, all these different timelines, all these different characters, and each setting is absolutely unique. You go from uh, Roman legions to Egyptian tombs to uh, Civil War era America, colonial America, if you will. Uh, you have times in World War II all Why, the way World up War to I. modern day where you are the one that is now entrusted in keeping this symbol and, and trying to maintain the balance. The gameplay in this is very Resident Evil style. Uh, you walk around the environments with a basically fixed camera angle, not a camera angle you can control. And you uh, fight these monsters that are trying to get you and take the, take your essence, the symbol, away from you. And you do that with either uh, uh, hand-to-hand combat or weapons or ranged guns, that sort of thing. And the Man, gameplay magic. and magic, of course, uh, the magic symbol, uh, the magic system in this is really unique. You take runes that you collect throughout all these time periods and you just kind of put them together and some will make healing spells or damaging spells or will uh, help repair your psyche, you know, take some, give you some sanity back. And you mix and match them to make more powerful ones. It's a very, very fun system. And when you cast, the runes actually are on the ground around you. It's not like you just hit a button and a fireball shoots out. It does this very cool effect and uh, with all the spellcasting. Anyway, as you go through the game, you play through all these characters, you find out that this line, this line of progression to get to where you're talking about the main character, you, uh, is full of these twists and turns of betrayals and backstabs, and the story is absolutely fantastic. And depending on what god you pick at the very beginning, you get just little tweaks. It's not completely different branching paths. It's just little tweaks to the game where little things change. And the only way to get the true ending of this game, Aaron, and we did this back in the day, uh, is to play through the game three times, picking a new starter god each time, and then you find out the true, you get the true ending. Wow. That the uh, the neutral monster and the neutral god that's trying to keep all these things in, in balance, he wants to take over the world too, uh, take over the universe. And since everyone else is in balance and he gets more powerful, that's his whole goal this whole time is to keep balance so he can get more powerful. Very deep game. Love it. But what makes this game famous, Aaron, without any doubt, is the sanity effects. Yeah. And, this, and I the, had heard of this game and didn't know what it was. And it's because yeah. of these crazy effects. Yeah, and the sanity effects are, in my opinion, this was the first console to do this kind of thing this well and probably the best that's ever done it, it's never nothing like this has ever been done before or since there are something like 30 different sanity effects that can trigger while you are playing the game 
and it, your sanity meter once it drops, and it drops every time you you get looked at by a, a demon or maybe you you come across something that's disturbing, your sanity goes down. And if you don't work on repairing that, eventually your sanity just falls off. And some of them are subtle, right? The walls will start bleeding. Or uh, a bust, you know, the head of a bust will start looking at you. Pictures that were uh, once of beautiful landscapes will now be these hellish scenes. It's those type of things, you know, they're just little tweaks that just make you go, huh, wonder why that's like that now. And then there's the medium ones. And this is where your character will either, it will walk into a room and it will be full of loot, like full of this hard to get ammunition. And you'll go around, you're picking them all up. You're like, man, this is great. I can't believe this. And then the screen will flash and it'll all be gone. And, or you will walk into a screen and instantly get killed by a monster. Just, like, cheaply. And, like, the monster will just, like, tear you apart. And you're sitting there and you're watching it and you're hitting your buttons. You're trying to do something. And uh, you can't. And then the screen goes white and it, you, you're back in this previous room. Or one of my personal favorites is... Uh, you'll be walking around and your head will just pop off. Your character's <laughs> head will just pop <laughs> off and roll yeah. in the ground. Yeah. And you can actually go over and pick up the head and it will quote uh, Shakespeare to you. And if you just sit there and <laughs> listen to a whole Shakespeare speech, and then it will, it will uh, clear and come back, you know, you can continue your game. But then there's the major sanity effects. And this is where they took and went that extra mile. And, and really made the game something special. And these are ones that aren't psychological effects on your character, but psychological effects on you, the player. Stuff like it will show a, a, a volume bar, and it will turn down on your TV, and you'll lose volume. And it will look like it's actually your TV doing it, not the game. Or you'll lose input, right? You'll, it will just come up to a blank screen and say, like, video in the corner. And you're like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Another yeah. great one is there's a fake GameCube crash where it comes up to, like, a blue screen. It's like, oh, sorry, like you've got to restart your, your GameCube. Uh, the second best one is you'll finish a scene and then, it, it like like, not even a third of the way through the game, and the game will be like, yeah, you won. Good job. Like, come come see us for the sequel. And it, you're like, what? That way, you know, it, completely out of place. It's even got but an the, ad for the sequel written yes, out on the screen. <laughs> it's got like a logo and stuff. I saw that. Absolutely. But the best and most talked about one is when you go to save the game, instead of saving the game, it says delete the game. It's like, yes, I want to delete all my files, or no, take me back to the game. And no matter what choice you choose, it comes up with a bar and says, del uh, deleting memory card. And it looks like it's wiping your memory card. And there are stories out there on the internet of people just freaking out and run up and turning off their GameCube. Yeah. Where they, they think that this game's deleting their memory card. Yeah, yeah. that's diabolical right there. It is fantastic that is how you get into the player's head there's also one where they there uh, if 
you play long enough and your sanity goes down long enough, you start seeing bugs crawl on the screen. Yep. yep also, yep. sometimes the character will talk to you or he would shoot at the screen. I've seen that one. They do all well, kinds of stuff that's like they break the third the, the wall there to talk to you. It's very it's crazy what they did. It's absolutely perfect. And it's what makes a good psychological horror game. Yeah. Because when you play this game, it's an intense game. Uh, there are, are big action pieces. There, you know, a lot of enemies on the screen, you're doing this stuff. And when you get hit with a sanity effect, if you aren't expecting it and you don't go in knowing what could happen, you think the game's breaking. You think that these things are happening and it makes no sense and you're trying to rationalize it. And even after you see one or two, it it is subtle enough and not overused. They're very uh, uh, conservative with how when they use these over the top sanity effects. When you guys played this the first time, you told me yeah. you said you beat it. Did what happened when you first started seeing these things? I mean, because well, you were there fresh and no one knew about it, right? Absolutely. Uh, the volume one is the one I vividly remember, uh, you know, when the, the, the thing came up and it was it acted like it turned down your volume. And, and the we screen looked, it puts up looks just like an old TV set would with absolutely, the graphics. Yeah. Absolutely. And we looked over, because it was uh, me and two of my buddies played through it. And we looked over to the guy. <clears throat> there was two of us sitting on the couch and one of us sitting on a chair off to the side. And both of us sitting on the couch looked over at the guy in the chair and asked him what the heck he's doing. Why are you turning down the game? And he looked back at us and said, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so we got, it wasn't like a physical altercation, but there was a verbal back and forth like, stop it. You know, we're trying to play. And he's like, I'm not doing it. And we were so convinced that he was screwing with the volume that when it popped back, we just kind of stopped and looked at each other and we were like, what the crap just happened? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Perfectly love nailed it. it. Perfectly nailed it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that you can't go back and experience the same way. It's one of those rare moments in gaming that you had to be there when it launched, when the situation was going on, because especially in today's world, a game like this would be spoiled before it even hit the shelves. Yeah. Uh, this was really a, a shining beacon. It came out just the right time. The, the hardware was just powerful enough and the developers were just talented enough to make all of this work. And that's why even though in the back in the day, it, it got high critical acclaim. High, high critical acclaim. Nines and tens all over the place. But it was a financial failure. Uh, they had actually planned sequels for the game. They thought this was going to come out and be huge. But it was the wrong game on the wrong system. I truly believe that hampered the game horribly. Because the game plays fairly well. It's no, it's no barn burner in that department. The gameplay loop is a little tedious, even with all the different scenarios and the different characters. Uh, it does get long in the tooth, but the effects and the horror elements of the game are so spot on that it's become a cult classic. And because of that, uh, 
sealed copies of this game go into the hundreds of dollars, which is unheard of for a game, a mass release GameCube game. Now you can get it open box or just the disc around the sixty dollar mark, which is still insane. Uh, you know, for just getting the disc type of affair, but it was uh, uh, not appreciated during its time as much as looking back, and that's so unfortunate. <clears throat> Real quick thing, and Aaron, and then I'll let you talk about the game, your experience with the game a little bit. Um, they tried to bring this game back, and and mo- much like the the horror genre that the game is based off of. Uh, it has been an absolute calamity. They have done Kickstarters that got canceled. Uh, developers were arrested for for very bad things. Uh, and a sequel for this game will never, ever be made because of all the baggage that has come with all the failed attempts to reboot it. Yeah, their, their uh, Kickstarter, their initial Kickstarter where they got the team back together because these guys have long since departed... They were asking, I think it was like one point three million bucks, and I think they only raised like a hundred and twenty eight thousand. I mean, it was a dismal failure. Well, they they killed it. They they ended the Kickstarter early. Yeah, but they well, weren't going to make it. They knew right, that. right. And then some some news came out uh, of criminal activity within the the programmers, <coughs> not related to the game, just in their personal life. Yeah, and. Uh, now the game sort of has a stigma because of that kind of crap. I mean, you can't look up anything about the game and not find, you know, all the horrible things that this uh, one gentleman has done. It's very unfortunate. Mm. But the uh, truth of the matter is this was a blink. It was here and it was gone. It will never be replicated in the same way because we don't live in the same world that we did uh you know when this came out and that's unfortunate i still think that an indie developer could really get a hold of something like this and run with it but it's just it's a different world there's too much information out there that said i highly recommend playing this game even with everything i've told you even with all the spoilers i've told you I've told you how the game ends. I've told you, uh, you know, the highlights of the game. I still recommend playing this because you will experience things that I haven't mentioned. There are tons and tons of things in this game that make it special. Aaron, what do you think about it, giving it a play? Well, uh, you know, I mentioned this when you picked it. I, I've never played this game. I, I may have heard of it. I'd certainly heard about stuff in it, you know. Uh, particularly the uh, the uh, sanity stuff, and I believe the company that did this, as I recall, Silicon Knights went on to do one of the Metal Gear games, and I believe they used some of their tricks in that too. Because I remember hearing about, I think there's a chick in there that will like go through your save games and like bad mouth you. Yeah, uh, that's in the true. game. Uh, so these guys, and I also I was as I was doing some research on this game, they mentioned that the sanity system in this. Uh, is is actually copywritten and owned by Nintendo. I mean, they they own that the what the crazy stuff. That's their baby. Uh, so who knows if we will ever see that again? <laughs> Maybe they won't let me do it. Uh, I will say, uh, a second the second this game started, I was like, oh, here we go. I know what this is. And these guys borrowed a, a, a quite uh, um, um, 
quite a bit of stuff from the uh the Cthulhu mythos, Lovecraftian stuff. Oh, I mean, clearly, absolutely. These guys were big fans of, of the Lovecraft and and Poe. In fact, those guys are actually mentioned uh, in the in the early part of the game. Wow, I I set aside a couple hours to play the, the this game this weekend. It's not I didn't set aside nearly enough time, and I ended up having to go back and just watch some playthroughs because this game is uh, epic and broad. And if yeah. you watch the beginning of the game, you think to yourself, "Oh, this is just a Resident Evil sort of clone." No. Uh, it no, uh, it it is much a much more well thought out story and a, with a lot of um, a lot of they put a lot of thought. This wasn't something they just tacked a, a a backstory on and shipped the game. I mean, this thing was built from the ground up with this epic, sweeping story about the, uh, uh, the family. Uh, in this, it's quite amazing. But just getting back to the bare bones of it, just when you're at the very beginning when you are playing the chick and you're going around the mansion, this game does the camera a, a thousand million times better than the Resident Evil games did at the time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And the camera in this is very cinematic. Uh, it actually sweeps in. Uh, it actually will follow you around. Uh, it's almost like it's being directed. Uh, it will zoom in occasionally at the right time. It, I, I really, I mean, the, especially coming off my game, which we'll get to, the camera in this, you don't have to fight, and you don't control the camera. You, I mean, it does itself, but it does, they did a great job because what they were uh, able to do is set these different parts of the games up, just like scenes in a movie. And yeah. they, and so this game had a literal director that must have directed how these camera shots were going to be laid in. It was it was quite remarkable uh, system they used. I don't know what they used or if they ever used it again or if they bought. I don't know what they did to do that, but it was great. I mean, it's one of the most cinematic-looking games I've ever seen. Something that, knowing this was a Nintendo game and playing it from the beginning, the amount of gore uh, and uh, and misery involved in this game was—I was real—it was a startling contrast to what you would expect from the big end. I mean, the opening scene uh, in this game uh, of of uh, uh, just the credit sequence where you're seeing all these maggots and all this blood, flesh, all this stuff. And the second they showed the stars and all the stuff, I was like, oh, I know they're go- where they're going here, you know, with the, with the whole Cthulhu myth. I was like, you know, I'm a sucker for that. This game reminded me quite a bit of uh, Cthulhu, Dark Sides of the Earth, which we, Dark Corners of the Earth, which we looked at uh, a while back on the Xbox. And, and I don't mean gameplay-wise, although there are similarities. I mean, this yeah. is several steps up in terms of the oh, way it yeah. looks. Yeah. Uh, but and the di- but and the dialogue in this, the acting in this was real good. I was real yes. impressed with the voice acting too. They sound like they don't sound like geeks. They actually sound like they're actual actors, which is nice. Uh, the uh, uh, the combat is weird because there's this weird kind of aiming system that I really had trouble understanding. Uh, with the uh, did you get because you know, it's like a weakness weak point thing. You have to well, you can target. You can target different points. Uh, it, it's very much like Resident Evil. I wasn't you can using sort a, of target different points on the on the bad guys' bodies. I wasn't using the, a GameCube to play this. I was I was emulating this on the on my PC, so I was using just like an Xbox controller. So yeah, there's probably some stuff lost in the translation. Uh, yeah, of, there is of that. There absolutely is. But I mean, I could get I could get in there and do it. Uh, <clears throat> this is not a game where you would heavily. You're not going to go around. Uh, it's not like the game I cover this month, that's for sure, in terms of combat. Uh, but man, this is a game that you have to let unfurl in front of you. And also, it is a super creepy game. Yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, Just the the sound. When you're just walking around the mansion, it's creepy. And occasionally, you'll just hear stuff. 
it's it's double creepy. Like this game, someone maximized their efforts to creep you out. Yes, you know they 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 said, okay, what can we do to really screw with the people playing this? And they did everything they could think of. Uh, so I, I'll give them kudos for that. I mean, is this game for everyone? Absolutely not. If you're not a fan of this sort of game or a fan of this genre, but I think there's a, a widespread appeal to this game that was missed. Uh, I read that this got released at the exact same like weekend that Resident Evil, one of the Resident Evil games for the GameCube came out. Like it was like kind of remake or something. And so that overshadowed this game. And I don't know what that game was. It may have been an all-time classic, but this this is a uh, this game has been uh, uh, grossly underserviced and, and under talked about. For I mean, maybe there's a bunch of people that know about it, but I never I never heard of it or knew anything about it. So I give this thing a ringing endorsement. I can't wait to get actually get in here and really climb into it. I only got to sort of scrape the tip of the iceberg on it, uh, but man, what a what a shocker! I did not expect this sort of game on the GameCube because, you know, I'm not the biggest GameCube guy either. So I was like, eh, yeah. you know, eh. And the fact that this is a Nintendo sort of property and it, you never heard anything else from it, it, to me, I thought to myself, this must be a dud. Uh, it was not what I expected. And I'll give you credit on this one. This is a top shelf one. Yeah, this is one that uh, only playing it back in the day uh, is, is how I got there. Yeah. So, uh, I'm glad that I did get to to play it back in the day, and uh, I didn't own a GameCube myself, but my my friends at the time that always gamed with did, and we really put this game through its paces. It was incredibly good time. I believe, Aaron, we had a Discord review. We on, did on we this, did. didn't we? Uh, Pajaco chimed in on this one. Uh, he he writes, "This was the reason I bought a GameCube." And it's my it's in my all time top ten games. I spent many late nights playing this on my own in the dark, and it managed to scare me enough to get up and put on the lights. I'm right there with him on that, and I I scare pretty easily. I was the same thing. The game has three modes of play, which will all need completing to see the real ending. Each mode has you play with a low level of health, mana, or sanity, which means that each playthrough will change slightly. The best part of the game for me is that your player loses sanity. The game will do things to mess with you in the real world, as we discussed. Also, I love how you uh, get to play through some of the same environments in different time periods. Yep. Somehow, I managed to completely miss the last glyph in each of the three playthroughs and still managed to beat the game. <laughs> the the yeah, control yeah. and camera system now feel a little clunky, which is more which is more because games have moved on so much since this was released. It's good for its time, though, and it was still pretty good. Sound design was excellent. The story was also really well written. And whilst the 3D graphics are not super smooth, again, for its time and for the underpowered GameCube, it was pretty good. Whilst the game has aged a little, it's still worth checking out. But do so in the dark, late at night. The game also supports surround sound. So make sure to try it with that. A 9 out of 10. A ringing endorsement to the Brent. I I absolutely agree with all that. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. Uh, I got to give you credit, Brent. As far as horror games go, this is a this is a, one of the scarier games I've come across. Uh, this and, is definitely the battle chest of horror games. No, it, you're you're an idiot. It's not the Simpsons either. So yes, for once you came through. I got to give you some props. Now, now Aaron, what did you? I, I mean, I brought us glory. I brought us all near perfection. What did well, you I'm bring us, crazy good here. sir? So you know. I, 
again, I mentioned that I was looking for a game for for female protagonists a while back. And I'd remembered this game because I remembered playing it back in the day on a very, uh, 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 I believe I played this. I'm trying to think. I played it on Windows, and my computer was real slow. And this played like double garbage on there, okay? So I remember thinking, man, this game looks like it might have potential, but it played like crap. And so when I was looking for a female protagonist, this popped up. I'm like, yo, yeah, that looks like it, it, it might be fun. I'm going to put that in the file. And then lo and behold, we uh, the chat chose horror games this week, so it seemed like the appropriate time to break it out. So the game I choose was Bam Nightmare Creatures. The Nightmare Creatures, uh, Nightmare Creatures, a game that was uh, released way back in 1997 in North America, and and Europe got it a couple uh, a couple months later. Uh, this came out on the PlayStation, a Windows version, and the N64. It says also there's a mobile version. I don't know anything about the mobile version. Everything's got a mobile version these days. So uh, this game was released and developed by Callisto Entertainment. On, uh, and uh, so this game, when it came out, I remember there was quite a bit of ballyhoo about it. Uh, and I don't hear people, people talk about it today. And so I thought to myself, well, let's see how this thing plays. So this thing has to say this thing has a, 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 a wacky backstory would be an understatement in the realm of wacky backstories, because the the story behind this starts in the in the great year of 1666. You've got to start there, you know, cool guy style. So a, a devil worshiping cult called the Brotherhood of uh, of uh, Heck Hecate is that or Hecate? H-E-C-A-T-E, uh, were screwed around in London, all right? And they were trying to, they were they were making a, a, a formula to give people superhuman powers, all right? That old stick. But guess what? Uh, it didn't go well, and they started becoming real corrupt and double evil. So one of the members, a guy named Samuel Pepe's, decided, this is, we're too evil. This is no good. So he burned the headquarters to the ground, Okay. So that was 1666. Now, flash forward to 1834. That's when this game uh, goes down, by the way. And, and back in London, there's a guy called Adam Crowley who has gotten hold of Pepe's uh, diary. So Pepe, a, a genius, he thwarted all these evil stuff, but he kept a, 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 a full accounting in his book, including all the formulas they used to make the hideous creatures and give <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you leave that? You never know when you might need to be evil later on. Well, I guess he was less evil, but still pretty evil. That's all I figured. So Adam Crowley is like, I'm going to get me some of that. Adam, he used to be a respected doctor, but he turned down the road of evil and became double evil. And so he's got a great gimmick here. And so he knows he knows that if he gets this book, he could take he could really take his research up to a different level because what he's been doing is he's been effectively uh taking Frankensteining up a bunch of crap. Okay. Be making a bunch of weird crap, nightmare creatures, if you will. So Pepe, before he loses the book, he contacts a couple people. He contacts uh, Ignatius and his uh, daughter uh Nadia. So they come over from New Orleans to to try to help figure out what's going on. Well, then Pepe gets killed. The The doctor's on the run, and they're trying to hunt this guy down. 
this this is an elaborate backstory to what effectively is doesn't really need that elaborate backstory, but it is what it is. So you get to choose at the beginning of the game whether you're going to play uh, Nadia or her or her father Ignatius, uh, father Ignatius, and to run through this game now. Yeah, not the, her father, a just the yeah, general religious right, father. Right, right. So here's the thing. We went through all this baloney, okay? But here's the thing. The game screws up instantly, okay? How? It doesn't have two-player support, for, which is dopey. You've got two players right they there. They would never be able to pull that off. You could, you could, era. you could do it. You could do it, and it, but I mean, no also, it's, it sets it up. You you want two players because at its heart, Nightmare Creatures is the answer to the question: What if we took like Tomb Raider and like made it a beat 'em up? And that's basically what you've got here. Uh, this is a uh, the behind the back, so a third person perspective. As you run through these various uh, maps and mazes uh, with your whoever character you choose, and and take on these nightmare creatures. Now, the funny thing about this is, you can understand how a, a father might have some knowledge of the occult, and maybe uh, I don't know, maybe he could have learned like uh, Shaolin monks to because he's a master of the bow staff. They don't really go into that much. His daughter, though, they say is a gymnast. But apparently on the side, she's also a top-shelf Zorro-style sword-killing machine. So they both... Which, that's the part they don't go into. I couldn't figure out why not. So, But they both go to work. So once you pick your character, you're sort of thrown in the story. And the whole game is a chase to try to catch this guy, Crowley, as he, and, and to kill off his guys. Now, this game has a, a unique feature let's call it that that and it's only in the playstation version it doesn't appear in the in the uh, n64 version this game has a health bar and an adrenaline bar all right yeah now, you in the n64 version oh you can turn it on and off that's what it is so i'll play this on the playstation by the way the adrenaline bar so there's a sickness going around london that adam crowley released okay if you don't keep your adrenaline up then you will start to succumb to this illness, okay? So you've got to perpetually run around like a maniac fighting as much as you can. This reminds me of Crank quite a bit, so I'm not going to fault him for that because that was a similar premise in Crank where he had to keep his adrenaline up or he died. So if this has a Crank-like element, I'm okay with it. But it is sort of stupid. Uh, yeah, see, HSI gets it. So, and it's also sort of pointless because you're mostly fighting anyway. So... I mentioned this is a behind-the-back perspective. Uh, Nadia has a sword uh, uh, as her main weapon, and and Father has a bow staff as his main weapon. I always pick the girl. Did you have a preference of the two? Yeah, I picked the guy. Yeah, the guy probably has better reach. I will say that. Than, uh, than, you don't think so? No, no. Yeah. Because he doesn't well, use, like, a bow staff. You know, in, in real life, I love the bow for that reason, because I can stay far away from my opponent. Because, yeah, I was involved in many bow fights, by the way. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned that. So, as you go through this game, you can also pick up, basically, like, secondary weapons. Uh, you, anything from guns to uh, fire bombs to dynamite. Uh, you can also get pick up spells. And you can also pick up like a saw, like a saw blade sort of a, attack that is a very deadly attack that you can, and you can kind of skip through them with your shoulder buttons to pick which one you want to use. 
So you run through this game and you fight the uh, the the bad guys. Now, who are the bad guys? Well, there's not too many. I think there's about twelve different creatures through the whole game. Some of them look like big, like Solomon Grundy type guys. There's zombies. There's werewolves. There's uh, like uh, octopus style things that live in the water. Uh, there are guys in trench coats that have knives and no face that run around. There's a spider creature that's like a spider zombie. Uh, that can spin webs and stuff. There's not a huge cast of characters, which a lot of these games, a lot of beat-em-ups don't have a huge cast. We've talked about this in the past. Well, this is small even. It is. And I'm not defending it, by the way. But this game breaks the this game breaks one of the big rules of beat-em-ups. Okay. So in this game, you've got an attack, you've got a you've got a, a jump, you've got a kick, you've got a block. Okay. The block button it, you need to use. So it's one of those games where you've got the block. But this game breaks the cardinal sin of these games by making the bad guys take like a thousand hits to kill. I mean, they it, you don't, you're not going to run through these guys and whack them a couple of times. It takes forever to kill these guys, especially as you go into the game further. And so what you ultimately end up happening with this game is, is you'll, like for example, you're going to fight one of the big Solomon Grundy guys. You'll walk up to him. You'll attack him a few times. You'll block. You'll attack him a few more times. You'll block. You'll do this probably 10 times. And eventually, he'll fall over. Then you run about uh, uh, 10 foot. There'll be another guy there. You do the same thing. If Mirror's Edge... Remember when we did Mirror's Edge, and I was like talking about what a joy it was to watch a run-through of this thing. It was like watching yeah. a film. This is the polar opposite of that. I got as far as I could in the game. And I was like, let's watch someone else get to the rest of it. The game, that is the game. Walk up to a bad guy, do that, and, and the environment slightly changed. That's the whole game. There is a boss battles in the game that you'll come across. Uh, there, including a, a giant two-headed snake and these sea creatures and some other stuff. But uh, they aren't super impressive. Uh, to be completely honest with you, I got through. I got. I did get to the first boss. By the way, I did. You, how far did you get into this? If I may ask, about the same. Yeah. I in fact. The uh, uh, well, I'll I'll give my opinion in a second. Go ahead. So and finish there are it up. there are six bosses. There's uh, the sewer snake, which I did get to him. He's a multi-headed snake. And the funny thing about him is, you knock down. It's one of those games where you can knock down all these pillars, and you expect the ceiling to fall on him, and it does. But he just keeps on going. It's like, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah, it just damages. What? It kill. <laughs> What's happening? Then you've got a giant, a bunch of giant spiders. You've had to fight this guy that throws snowballs at you. He's an end boss. There's a giant gargoyle. Then you've got to fight uh, Crowley. He's like second in command. And then finally you fight uh, Crowley himself in a, in a battle, which I didn't get anywhere near that. Um, listen, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. <clears throat> having not played this for years, and having I played this before and then after I played your game, I felt pretty inadequate, I'll be honest with you. There's just not much to this game. But the funny thing about it is, so we talked about how your game was pretty much a dismal failure uh, when it came out. Uh, this game was actually, when it was being developed, like people were tripping over themselves to publish it, according to the wiki. Like they were dying to get hold of this because it was sort of like the next, the next thing that was going to bust open. Sort of like a Tomb yeah. Raider type game, you know. Now, keep in mind, and we haven't even talked about this, but keep in mind, the publishers were all over this, despite the fact that they surely had seen the camera system in this. The camera system in Brent's game, awesome, cinematic. This game, the camera system hates you and everyone you've loved. It's definitely it, working for the bad guys. It, 
It's horrible. You have to do the stupidest things with your character to get the camera to swing around so you can see the enemy. It is the stupidest. So the camera in this, it's sub. It's way down below like a Tomb Raider because Hell you're yeah. expected there's more quick action. And Tomb Raider had a lot of action where it kind of unfolded in front of you. It wasn't like this where you're making a lot of quick turns and stuff. <clears throat> and on top of everything else, all the bad guys in this are like, they're like the world's greatest boxers. They're ducking, they're shucking, they're backing off and moving left and right. I mean, it's like fighting like Sugar Ray Leonard to kill these guys. Yeah. So, and that doesn't help the combat either. You would, you hope the big guys show up. They don't do as much shucking and jiving and jacking around. But these bad guys are a huge pain in the butt. Anywho, getting back to this game's release. Uh, so when this thing finally came out, uh, it was a, it got a lot of hype, and it was it was a very very uh, big game when it was released, and it had global sales above one and a half million units. So it moved roughly three times as many units as your game did. Now, granted, this is five years earlier, but still, there you go. <clears throat> I mentioned it had a uh, C sixty four release. Uh, if you compare the two, they compare pretty similarly. You, uh, the, you mean uh, N64. Uh, what did I say? C you C4. said C64. <laughs> yeah. Man, if this C64. came out on the C64, it we been would better. all be bowing it down to it. It would have been better, for sure. Uh, anyway, the N64, they, you know, Nintendo, this was a long time before they released your games. They were like, listen, we don't want any blood. We, and they, So none of the cut scenes are in the game. None of the little still shots. Well, there's still blood. No, no, none of the none of the scenes in between the the where the, the kind of gory scenes in between where the loading takes place are there. Oh, they, okay. They've also well, they, there's but, no but loading. It also <laughs> looks it looks better, but it's got less digitized audio. It's supposed to be smoother. I didn't think it looked that much better, but I guess you can see a little bit of a difference if you look real hard. So. Uh, when you have a game that comes out and sells up one and a half million units, you know there's going to be a sequel, and there was. I'm not going to get into it too much, but I think I have played the sequel. I vaguely recall playing it. And there was also a third plan that never got released uh, because uh, I guess the second one didn't sell all that well. Uh, get this, Brent. Uh, the word on Moby was that this game was so popular at the time that they actually licensed it to make a, a film out of it if you can believe that. Now, the film never took place. And I, I will say that backstory would probably need a lot of sprucing up, in my opinion, yeah. to make to make a movie out of it. So, all right. Go ahead. So this, I, you know, I know you're expecting me to come in and kill this game. Well, I, no, I don't know what to expect. Go ahead. This game's garbage. <laughs> but it's not garbage for maybe the reasons you think. Right. Uh, well, uh, unless the reason you think is the camera. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> That's the big reason. This could have been something that worked and was playable. Uh, I mean, as a dumb runaround beat em up. Okay. Yeah. To be completely honest, the graphics are okay. Yeah. I the agree. sound is okay. Yeah. It's pretty creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, the combat in it is actually pretty compelling. Uh, the, I know you complain that the enemies took too much hit, too many hits. Yeah. You can do things to open the enemy up and kill them faster. Well, you've got combos in this. There's a combo, yeah. there's a, I would, I wouldn't call it super deep, but I mean, it's, it is a combo system. It's pretty good. System. Yeah, it's not it's bad. good. So, they the combat's not the problem. It, it, it's pretty good. Uh, the sound, the graphics, not the problem. The the plot is stupid, but it's a beat em up. Who cares? Yeah. 
the two places this game really fails, and we'll go over the obvious one first, the camera is inexcusably bad. Uh, when you have a game where you're in all these little tight corridors, <clears throat> because it, the game takes part in London, and while you don't go to any actual London things, it tries to have those London architecture, that London feel. On contrary, uh, my friend, let me stop you right there. I was doing some research on this, and according to the wiki, they used actual blue uh, blueprints and city planning uh, maps to write. Allegedly, this is what they say when they put the when they put the levels together. They consulted legitimate maps of the era. Now that that could that sounds like weapons grade balonium, but that's yeah, what the I, wiki I'll, said. I'll have to say I've never been to uh, the 1800s uh, in London, so yeah. maybe they did. Maybe yeah. they're pure geniuses. But the issue is the camera gets stuck a lot, and you have to do so much fine manipulation to to get the camera to do what you want. Uh, and you spend so much time on it and so much effort that uh, uh, it, it brings down the fun level of the game. <clears throat> and maybe this goes into my next point, Aaron, what you just said. The absolute worst feature of this game is its level layout. Um, the levels are all uh, maze-like in sections. Dark. They are, oh, the draw distance is just dreadful, and they don't fog it. They they try to play it up like night, so they just black it out. Um, there are events in the game that the small draw distance is a huge hindrance. It almost guarantees a hit. So, the biggest issue here, though, is the level design is so poor, and it does not lend itself for a game like this or for what camera controls they were able to design. Yeah, lots so of corridors you, and stuff to where the camera sucks. Right. Yeah. So, you are left uh, with a game that's just not very fun. This could have been fun. The combat in it is is good. Uh uh, good might be a little strong. No, no. You know what? I'm going to say it. The combat in this was good. I mean, if you consider it's a step up from like a Tomb Raider, which is where they were going, I yes. think that part that they it was the, it's not the worst. It's not the worst at all. And the combo system, if you um, me and you are kind of you're a combo guy, and I'm okay. I I could get nice combos off. You know, I didn't have a problem with that. I'm with you on that. And, and the enemies don't just let you kill them. No, uh, you have to open them up. Though even the lowest level enemies, which is the zombies, will block and dodge. So you have to put... You can't just button smash. Uh, so I don't have a problem with any of that. <clears throat> but with the game's camera and the game's level design being so bad, I, I can't recommend this game. If yeah. you're curious, if you love this kind of old-style beat-em-up in you know the new setting with the 3D and all that stuff, check it out. You can definitely do worse. But understand going in that you were going to be fighting the camera, you're going to be fighting the terrain just as much as you fight the monsters. And unfortunately, there's no good combo to get the camera to do what you want. And there, and let's not forget the uh, kind of iffy hit detection, which I well, also that's, have a problem but with. But that's a... Uh, that's a a sign of the time. It's still there. I'm just saying. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> so, you know, I will say there is a there's a measure of pleasure 
when you pick up a, a gun or whatever, and you can just walk up and blow a, a guy in the, shoot a guy in the face because you killed him instantly. It feels so good yeah. after fighting these guys for like twenty hours. Yeah, you know, to beat him. And, and there are uh, a few jumping puzzles in the game. Oh, so let's yeah. Get that crap right. That out. is the worst. Yeah, I, I don't know how far. When you I went fell into, this, into a pit the, for the third time after trying to jump something, I was like, yeah. you know what? Nah, done. Get, get me out of this. The game has a creepy ambience. And it's like I said, it's. It's it's a chase to find this doctor, this Aleister Crowley ripoff doctor, as he runs this. But it's it's interesting to a certain degree. But I mean, you could make these levels seem fun. But I mean, ultimately, you're gonna be somewhere dark with a yeah. bad camera fighting the same guy for the fiftieth time, and that yep. that's where it gets old. Yeah. And, and we've seen beat em ups like normal beat em ups that do the same thing where you have to fight a guy and it takes forever to beat him. That's never good. The games like this, you want to you want to bang bang out. I think that's artificial. No, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with the, no, it the, takes the too combat. Long. I don't. I, I think to artificially lengthen the game using this. No, this. no, no. I think if you get yeah, but good. The, the guy's at, dodge at enough to where you don't need to make him indestructible as well. I mean, they're, they can be tough. You can have a tough enemy without having to make him take a thousand hits. You know, no, I, I, I don't. That's not a problem. That yeah. That is so far down the well, list. Well, yeah, of compared issues. to the camera. Camera, number so. one problem. And, the, and, and it's the also the number light. two and three problem. Yeah, well, no, the no I'm sorry. Number one, two, and four. The main level design being number three. Are no, are no good either. So uh, I looked up some reviews on this to Brent. We didn't get any uh, listener feedback on this, which one would imagine. No problem there. So. Uh, Game Pro gave this five out of five. They loved it. No, Coming Soon no. Magazine gave it four and a half out of five. Absolute PlayStation gave it nine out of ten. Mega Fun gave it eighty six out of a hundred. Uh, Game Revolution a B plus. Game Genie four out of five. Gamezilla seventy nine out of a hundred. All these things are long gone. Game Informer gave it six point seven five out of ten. It's very precise. But not to be outdone, GameSpot give it 5.7 out of 10. Which, and then CBG comes in to give it a 1. 1 out of 5. They really didn't like it. So No, it's not that bad. These scores are all over the map. Well, uh, you can tell one. whose check's cleared. That's all oh, I'm saying. <laughs> what are you saying? They're all on the take? Is that what you're saying? Um, if you want to pick up uh, Nightmare Creatures, you can pick it up. Uh, I saw it going... Uh, I saw people buying these for between 20 and 40 bucks for the PSX. That's what I looked up. So it can be had. I mean, there's some fun to be had here. You know, I think if you're, if you could, if you could endure that camera, you know, if you're okay with that, but this is just one of those examples of a game, a PlayStation game in particular, the growing pains of learning what to do with the 3d. I mean, this one, they, they, they ironed out the graphics, the sound, they did iron out a lot of the stuff, but they just couldn't quite get the camera right. And when you don't get the camera right, the game doesn't doesn't matter what all the other problems you ironed out, you are going to have a rough go of it, Brent, on that one. Absolutely. So that was Nightmare Creatures. Now, Brent, uh, before we move down the line here, uh, your thoughts on the horror genre. Did this change your mind? Are you gonna go back and play a lot more horror games now? No. <laughs> Fair enough. With that in mind, let's move to the wheel, everybody. The wheel. Now, Brent, we have a, a glorious announcement here. Uh, we have uh, we have signed the deal. We spun we sp- spun the wheel. We made the deal, and we have a new sponsor, a good friend of ours. And bam, you know him, you love him. It's Retro Rewind. Our friend Frank over at RetroRewind.ca, located up in Hoserville, up in Canada, the Brent. 
uh, Retro Rewind, if you listen to any of our shows, he's been a very big supporter of ours, and he's moved over here to the A Show, ARG Presents. And if you would like to save 10% off your next order, use the promo code ARG10 uh, when you go over to RetroRewind.ca. Frank has a full inventory of support for your Commodore machines. He's got C64 carts. He's got he's got replacement carts. He's got recap. He's got recapping services, recapping kits, power supplies. You name it, he's got it. And we really do appreciate uh, Frank jumping on board here with ARG. And uh, again, hop over to RetroRewind.ca. Use the promo code ARG10. Save some bucks on your Commodore products, bro. What do you think about it? This is easily, easily the click of the week because you can, if you have any interest in hobbying with your C64 uh, or any of the Commodore line, really, you've got to go check it out. That's right. And The the prices are ridiculous, and I almost feel bad uh, giving people a promo code where they can save more money with ARG-10, but, you know, that's what he wanted to do, so I I feel obligated to pass it along. Not me, I feel good about it. Take low prices, and then you're like, yeah, here's some more off. I like it. For the people, man, and we'll and you know, of course, it was a natural that Frank would uh, uh, would choose to jump on the ARG train because we've been pitching Retro Rewind for years. <laughs> we're gonna pitch it more right now, but I'm gonna grab the wheel here. Uh, this week's Retro Rewind piece, the Brent, uh, is our old favorite, the Laser Disc games. Laser Disc. Uh, let's go over the wheel real quick. We've got Laser Disc. We've got the Comex 35 games that you've come around on. We've got. The ever-popular games that became other games. We've got Game.com. We've got British cartoon games. We've got Fight. We've got, this is the new piece this week, Band Slash Artist Games, Brent. We've got VCR games that aren't the Action Max. I still find that's appalling. And we've got the Sinclair QL, Brent. Do you have a preference this week? Can we spin this sucker? Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen, Aaron. You're going to spin that wheel. Yeah. And you're going to get VCR games that aren't the Action Max. Yes. And, and, and we're going to play ourselves some VCR games this week. So right, go ahead and spin it up. I like that. I'll break out the VCR. Here we go. I've even got a horror one. Let's see if, we, if your dream comes true, Brent. And no, it does not come true. We have spun, in honor of Frank, we actually hit the Retro Rewind this week, Brent. And next week, we're going to be playing, bam, games from the LaserDisc community. The old LaserDisc games, Brent. We've, we've played a couple of these back in the day. Let me uh, tell you something, Aaron. The wheel knows how to uh, promote a product. It sure does. Unfortunately, since next week's going to be Halloween, and we were going to try to play games that were kind of a Halloween tinge, it's going to be a little more difficult with LaserDisc games because the, the pickings are slim. Oh, you've got one already, do you? Do you want to come out and announce it right oh, this no, second? No, 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 no. Oh, we don't okay. do that. Are you kidding? <laughs> there you go. So they got to come back to see it. Oh man, listen to you, ever, ever the promoter. Brent, any uh, final thoughts or news you want to unleash here before we take this thing to the pad? Uh, there is a new supporter video this week. Oh yeah. So it's I hope all- everyone enjoys that. Yeah, you did a good job, eh? Um, thanks for giving. Right around the corner. We're That's gonna, right. We're. The plans are starting to get made. The wheels are starting to spin. Yeah. Uh, that's it. I, I, we're out the door. Thanks for giving. will be the day after Thanksgiving. I believe we start, we're going to start at 10 a.m. We're going to ride that sucker into the dirt. Uh, I've already began preliminary plans to have the Brent be here live 
and we're yes. going to get together old school in the old arcade. We're, we're breaking it back out, and we're going to take this thing and make, and we're going to have a good time with it. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. I also want to mention that uh, uh, the next International Computer Club will be taking place tentatively January 29th, uh, 2022, Brent. And this will be getting, well, this will be a start time of 4 p.m. to accommodate some of our European uh, viewers. We're hoping to get some people to sign up uh, right away. The uh, sign up sheet should be up in our Discord uh, real soon. I think that's all we got, Brent. We'll be back next week for the Halloween episode, literally on Halloween, Brent. That's going to be awesome. And we'll be doing We some will kind of- be dressing up. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sounds good to me. I'm going to dress up as a laser disc because that's what we'll be. I'm not really. We're gonna- well, I mean, your head's just as shiny. Take- oh, that's it. We're out. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs> Until then, or Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Special thank you to Duncan Styles for our Vector Style Graphics and Bartbit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG present. Just like these fine folks. Rollo, Olaf Hope, Paul, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Salon Norris, Frodo and L, Chris Fold, Mitsuyama, Jason Warns, Rob, Black O'Hara, Andy Craig, Andy Jones, Kevin Bean, Pachaco6502, Anthony Jarvis, Steve Rathmussen, Bernhard Lucas, Dave Velociraptor, Graham W. Vetke, Roushi, Mr. B, David Terrence, Super Tech Boy, Aram, Sundown, Texas Foosballer, Airshack, Retroalgy, John Dykeman, Jerry Dennington, Z9K9, and Mario Ramey. They all have access to our Discord channel and their names put and called out in the credits. Why don't you? If you have an idea for a wheel piece, you can email us at argpresents at mail.com. Be sure to visit our sponsor, RetroRewind.ca, and use promo code ARG10 to get 10% off your order. We film live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT. Hope to see you there.